Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Blog Talk Radio. heavy metal and hard rock anywhere on blog talk radio heavy metal mayhem with the big cheese doing i hope you're having a great weekend so far if you're here in the new york new jersey tri-state area it's a fantastic one we've hit the mid 80s the weather is beautiful and i got a great show for you today i've been trying since last year to get this guest on and you know hook this thing up uh and thanks to my friend tony over at diatonic uh public relations that's finally happening my guest tonight is call Kennedy of the rods call will be calling in about an hour and hopefully my uh co-host big t for metalhead united will be calling in also in a little bit so while we wait for that, how about I get on a little rods for you? Too hot to stop.
that was the Rods were too hot to stop. Besides being the drummer and founding member of the Rods, Carl was probably one of the most prolific producers of the 80s. And we're going to feature all the bands that either produced or played on on tonight's show, except for the Sunday Night Spotlight, where I'm going to get a couple of newer bands on for you. And right now, i got my co-host of Partner Crime waiting out there. Tommy, you there? Hey, good evening. What's going on? Hey, not much. How you been? I think you'd be a little depressed after the Ranger game today, you know? Oh, they did. They just didn't come to play today. I figured that. I don't know. He's probably sulking in the sorrows oh, today. You might not call in. I'm looking to kill somebody. I know. Hey, well, there's still more to go. That's it. One more game. So we'll see what happens. That's all you can do. <laughs> uh, so what else is happening, buddy? Ah, uh, not too much, you know. Just, you know, going nuts. I found that uh, uh, I was listening to some of the uh, uh, old shows on the uh, iTunes. Yeah. Yeah, you can listen live uh, the on the show? iTunes and... Uh, all your shows. Really? I didn't even know it was on See there. See that? You didn't even know that. Thank God it, you're here, boy. I tell you, I'd be lost. I'll tell you, you'd be lost. I got um, the, iPod, the iPod Touch, which is basically uh, the iPhone without the phone part. Yeah. And um, as long as you're connected to Wi-Fi, you can go to the website, and it automatically knows you're on one of those uh, ah. iPod-style devices, yeah. and it gives you all the archive shows. Wow, how do you like that? Yeah, you can search the show and ask you if you want to hear most recent, you know, the whole schmeal. And I, I was listening that. to some archive shows that I didn't get a chance to listen to. Wow, did they charge you for it? Is it a free? No, no, it's part of the, you know, it's as long That's as you can good. connect to the Internet. Just like wow. when you connect to the Internet, yeah. That's as good, because I was going to say something, signal. I'm sorry? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, yeah, my daughter has the iPod uh, Touch, and oh, she okay. uses it off the wireless router in the house. There you go, exactly. Share, Tell her so. to go to blog... Uh, Blog Talk Radio, uh, and then search your show, Heavy Metal Mayhem, and it'll give you the choice of uh, what shows to listen to. I gotta let her know. Then again, everybody's house is tired of hearing about this show. So. Yeah, I guess. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I but I was just gonna say to you too because you know, like we do the show on Sunday, right. and it gets a lot of listens until Wednesday, and then like right. the Wednesday show comes on, right. and then you know the Sunday show is kind of dead. I'll get maybe one or two more, and then everybody listens to the Wednesday show. Right. And, you know, it's just like I, you know, I understand. That's the newest one. So I was going to tell you, I'm looking at the, the archives, like, uh, where it tells you, like, how many people listen to your show in here. Mm-hmm. I'm like, wow, look at how many people listen to the old shows all of a sudden now. Now I probably know why. They're probably getting it on the iPhone. Yeah, right. All the older shows. Like, I'm like, wow, the show we did a month and a half ago where it had this many listeners. Getting it's got more 25 listeners. more. Yeah. Well, so it's, just, it's just like, what do you call it? Like, when you go on the Internet and you look yeah, up yeah. the old shows, you know. Oh, it, that's great. Yeah, it's pretty great. It's pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, I got to got to make a note of that somewhere. It's good to know. Definitely. I was watching, uh, did you catch that metal show last night? Yeah, it was pretty funny. Yeah, Dio and uh, Giza. I tell you, they look, Giza looks great. Yeah, yeah. Dio shows his age, but man, <laughs> he kicks ass the guy still. Yeah, he's amazing. He's amazing. So bright and, um, yeah. hey, I wish I could be like that at 57, yeah. not even 67. You got that right. <laughs> well, half his age, we can't even get around like he does. <laughs> And then when Giza did talk, he came up with some funny shit. You know? Yeah, <laughs> he's a funny son of a bitch. Yeah, that was a good one. It was good. To, it was good to see them on there. And I, I know I saw today that Dio's putting out an autobiography, so that should be really good. Yeah, yeah, heard yeah, about some, that. Some good reading material over there. When and you go did to the you band. know he's singing two new songs on the new Rods album? Yes, he is. Yeah. Yes, I guess his I guess cousin we'll, dragged him into the picture. We'll talk. To, we'll talk about that a little bit later. We will definitely talk about that. But tonight I'm going to play all all music. That either call played on or produced all the bands that I can't get all the bands on. You know we don't have enough time, but right. the ones that most metalheads will know I'm going to get on because he's done a lot of other stuff with other bands also. Right. And outside of the two or three bands we're going to feature in the spotlight tonight, the newer bands, 
everything that we play is going to have something to do with our call candidate. Cool. And uh, so it should be pretty good. And then we got a lot of other metal things to talk about. So how about I get one more on you? Ready for another one? I'm ready. All right, how about we do a little anthrax off the first record? This is Metal Thresh and Mad. Metal Thresh and Mad off their first record, A Fistful of Metal with Neil Turbin on vocals. See, in case I forget, Carl produced this record, and he also produced the, the two, three Anthrax records after that, Spreading the really? Disease. I didn't even know that. Yeah, yeah, he produced this one. I know he did and, the uh, first album, yeah. I didn't know he did the first one either, but I know he did uh, Armed and Dangerous, and I'm pretty sure Spreading the Disease, and I think the EP. Wow. I gotta, I'm not, I, you know, this, I don't do any research on this show. I just try to do everything off of memory from the 80s. And yeah, maybe right. I should look things up more because the mind is starting to go no, after all these years. Right. No, that's all yeah, right. We remember. But if I remember back when uh, when Neil Turbin got kicked out of Anthrax, uh-huh. Carl has something to do with that in, uh, in the studio because he recorded the first record with them. And I think Neil was involved in the in the recording of the second record, like so far into it. And then Joey, uh, um, Carl helped bring Joey Belladonna into the band. Oh, okay. So I, if in case I forget... Remind me or just bring it up the call later on. I want to find out what was going on with that. Because to me, I always thought Neil Turbin was a better singer for Anthrax at the time. Yeah, right. Joey Belladonna, I think, was great. I, I love his solo stuff. But I just felt there was never 
I just feel like it didn't click with him and Anthrax. It was yeah, like it, was, it, it changed the band from a from a like like you said on one of your uh, older shows. Uh, Anthrax sort of rode the wave of metal. Yes. Well, they 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 had a lot to do with bring. Unfortunately, they had a lot to do with bringing rap in metal. Oh, without there. a doubt, it was because of them. Yeah. So you can't say really they rode the wave there, but they kind of rode the wave. Uh, you know, like whatever was popular. Yeah. I, I say the same thing. Whatever yeah. style of metal's been like, you know, at the time, they just seem to cling to that gold instead yeah. of sticking with the original mission that they started out with. Right. And then that had a lot to do with the singer because now they didn't have a thrash metal singer, uh, Turban, or you know, so they had a singer who can do, you know, more commercialish stuff. So they yeah. started to bring comedy into the mu into the music. Which, you know, worked for some people, but it kind of turned me off because I was an underground fan. Exactly. You know, and um, so that's, that's, you know, that, that, that was the thing. When I, when I was playing uh, Anthrax, uh, I played one time Tempest played uh, on a Sunday, you know, like in the afternoon. It was like one of these things where they were at the end. They were really nice guys and all, but, you know, but because they were getting, you know, they were getting popular, you yep. know. Yeah, you can see them changing. You know, they weren't underground as anymore. But you know what? I, I don't know. Who knows what I would have? You know how I would have changed. I think we all felt that way back then. Is you know, you you love these bands, but as soon as they made it, yeah. you kind of got turned off to it because right. they made it. And, like we kind of like denied them that fame that they you know we wanted them to have, but exactly. we thought they weren't ours anymore. I think, Everybody so wants fine. a band to be like. I read this somewhere, and I'd like to give them credit. Whoever it is, it's your. You know, you brought it. You you thought this up. Everybody likes to have the bands as their own. Exactly. Nobody likes to really share them. Just with their friends. Yeah. You know, no one wants them to be real popular. It's like with hockey. I don't want hockey to be popular. I like hockey just the way it is. Yeah. I don't want hockey to be popular. Yeah. You know, I don't want, you know, the whole bullshit that goes on with baseball and ho and basketball. And football, the rest of the football, even, to go on with hockey. Let's keep it the way it is. Yeah, hockey's you know? still considered underground in the sports. That's, that's well. how I see. That's how I like it. You know. Yeah. But you know, that's just me because I'm you know I'm selfish. But that's how I am with bands too. I don't like the bands to get too too popular. It's unfortunate, but that as a fan, that's how we are. But as a musician, I wouldn't want. I wouldn't feel that way. I would want to be. You know. Of get course, more, I know. I know. Yeah, I mean, it's nice that Metallica got 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 popular, but had um, Cliff lived. He might not have been with them anymore. You know, you're, you know, you're right. you or they know. might have changed. You know, yeah. may have gone on to. You know, definitely. Of course. Yeah, definitely would have been different. So you know, fate has a lot to do with it. I think because when we started out with this music, and we're there from the beginning. I mean, from the early '70s stuff, you know, right up to sure. the the new wave of British heavy metal, all the great stuff that that came out over here. It's because it was so underground back then, and I don't think any of us ever expected it to ever be more than it was. Right. I don't think we ever expected these bands to go beyond Lamores like here in New York, exactly. or, you know, uh, Ruthie's Zen out in California and the local clubs like that. And when when they just took off and exploded and we kind of lost them, it left us in the lurch because there was nothing else for us to, to cling on to, you know. Yeah. So I know exactly what you're saying. And then having a band like Def Leppard, right, now, I mean, come on, I, I mean... I had a denim jacket, and I sat there with you know with my sister. She helped me. She sketched it, and I did the painting. And we put the three logos on my three favorite bands: Iron Maiden, Def Leppard, and Saxon. Yeah. Those were my three favorite bands at that time. You know, as far yep. as British, heavy, you know, new wave of British heavy metal. And I was gonna put Motorhead on the on the you know on the top. Yeah. But I, I had a patch. I had a Motorhead patch that I was gonna put there because I had a Harley Davidson patch there. But I never got a chance to do it. 
Anyways, needless to say, after I heard Paran- uh, Paranoid, not Paranoid, Paramania, yeah, that, that was I, bought, I went down on a Sunday, we went down to the village, you know, we used to buy our uh, yeah. cutouts, right? Got the cutout <laughs> of, you know, a bunch of other bands, and that was one of them. Got, saw the cover, I was like, eh, started reading some of the, you know, lyrics, I don't know if the lyrics were in it, but some of the titles, like, eh, you know, going home on the train. I know. Got home, put it on, next track, next track, next track. Turned it over, next track, next track. Eh, yeah. Eh. Some of the roofs were good. I didn't like the harmonies and all that shit. Just put it to, you know, put it to the side. Next day, guys came down to rehearse. Um, oh, yeah, how's that, the Def Leppard? Here you go. I flipped it to Sal. Never got it back. Never yeah, wanted it back. I don't blame you. Never wanted yeah. it back. Yeah. That's it. I mean, there are a couple of good songs I hear on, on Sirius Radio once in a while. I hear from that album. But I don't want to hear. I, I I just changed the channel. I want to hear the first two albums, and that's it. They were my band. That's yeah. how I felt about them. And hearing the the old demos and stuff, you could see that where their roots really were. And then they got popular, and they started listening to producers, and then they got a new and then they got new guitarists along the way. Yeah, so that oh, yeah. changed the band also. Yeah, so you know what you do? And then when the kid loses his arm, he's not the same drummer he was before. No. And he can never be the same drummer he was before. That electronic sound him. takes away from, uh, takes completely t- away from there you what go. a drummer brings to a band. Exactly. And it all has to do with fate. Merciful fate. There it goes. Yep. And yeah, I heard that. that merciful fate, the Brats. I never heard that before. Yeah, did you hear that? Uh, I don't know if I, I got to send it to you. The Def Leppard demo. It's called the, uh, what the heck is it? The War Child demo. I mean, I, I don't only, know who gave it that name, but... There's a lot of songs in there that were never released. I never heard of, you know, anywhere along Death Leopard. I would really line. be interested in that, yeah. I'm going to send you a copy of that. I played a song on the Berry Treasure show. I did hear that song, which and, War Child. Yeah. I know the song Riding to bad. the Sun. That's the only song I know that's old. No, there's a whole bunch on here that I'd never heard of before. Wow. And there's yeah. a couple that appeared on the first record, but the they are different ver I mean it's a different version of that song. Like, you know, right, right. you recognize the riffs, but it's I got to send you a copy of that. It's, cool. uh, it was really good when I heard that. I was like, wow. I said, you know, cuz a lot of people I trade uh, tapes with, they all have like this Def Leppard demo. So you get them, they're all the same thing. It's either basically that that original EP they came out with, just like the demo vibe. This was really different, and I gotta, I gotta remember who I got it from and thank him for it because it's uh, really good. And he yeah. also sent me a copy of, um, uh, of the Black Sabbath record. I think it was uh, the Eternal Idol. Uh, with Glenn Hughes sang on the record. He gave right, an original version yeah, that, that had Ray Gillen on it. Oh, that was so good, that song. Yeah, I mean, it gives it a different... I mean, you just, I mean, you know, the songs are the songs, but it's amazing what a different singer brings to the Because I really love the, the band that he did with... Um, what was the name of them? Oh, I forgot now. Um, with Jakey Lee. Oh, uh, what the heck is the name of the Jakey oh, Lee band? Oh, God, we're getting old. Now you, now you got me now. And you know what's funny? I just had a... I just had a oh, Badlands. Badlands. Badlands, right. I'm sorry. I just ha- had a song lined up for the show Mr. tonight. Big. I was thinking Mr. Big, but no. Badlands, yeah, there you yeah. go. Badlands, yes. That was those. I have the first two. I, I have the first one and the second one. Second one I have on download. First one I have on CD. Yeah. That's some pretty good stuff, too. Yeah. A lot more bluesy, but... And, and I think it would have been pretty interesting to hear him singing with Sabbath, that, that whole album. You know, oh, yeah. that whole album that Glenn Hughes ended up yep. singing, right? i got to send you a copy of that record. i got the whole record. i got to send you a copy of that. Oh, definitely, definitely. But uh, now I'm going to get on... Uh, this is one, only one of the two new bands I'm going to be playing tonight in the show. This is a band called Extreme Machine out of Scotland, out of Aberdeen. They're, they're still extreme with an X. I'll have the link up for them later on in the show. 
great band. These guys mix it all together. I'm talking like from 60s hard rock up to the 70s, 80s, up to the modern stuff today. Wow. They're just a kick-ass band. I mean, I think the only thing that kicked ass more than them out of Scotland was William Wallace. I mean, these guys are, I'm really <laughs> into these guys. And they, they span the age decade, these guys. They're really great. I want to thank Chris for sending me a copy of some of their songs. I'm going to get more stuff on by this band later on. So I'll get on a song called Shine On. Check it out. Extreme Machine out of Scotland. Extreme Machine with Shine On out of Scotland. That those guys are up listening to the show, and it's probably about 11, 30, 12 o'clock there. Yeah. I know they say it's not late for them, but I guess at my age, that's late for me because Monday morning is work, or yeah, Monday night anyway, right? Go. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> All right. So we've got one more band we're going to play a little later on, a band called Ape out of Canada. But uh, like I said, the rest of the show will be all stuff that uh, features Carl Kennedy one way or the other. You know what I wanted to talk to you about? I was looking on the on Blavimat. They were talking about the Motley Crew. I think it's the Crew Fest. Uh-huh. Uh, I forgot who the hell is even on this thing. Uh, you know, I think it's Godsmack and um, I don't even know the you know, all these new metal bands. Yeah, Buck Cherry, I think is on it. Is it Buck Cherry? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember myself anymore. I can't uh, can't keep track of this stuff. I, I thought I wrote it down somewhere. I don't know. Yeah, I think it was Godsmack, Theory of a, of a Dead Man, Drowning Pool. 
I mean, I'm, I've heard of these bands. They're all new metal bands, but nobody that's into Motley Crue right. is into these bands. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, and this is right. what these tours are doing now. They keep putting these... I mean, I, I know they do because I guess they feel they're going to draw that audience in there. All right, here it is. It goes, Motley Crue, Godsmack, Theory of a Dead Man, Drowning yeah. Pool, and, Drowning and Pool. the Charm City Devil. Uh, probably a local band they're giving a shot to, but... Yeah, you know, you know, a lot of these things, sometimes they're record companies too, you know, it's hard to say. Yeah, but when you're as big as Motley Crue, you know you're calling the shots, you know. You're not like yeah. the, the younger bands and oh, Who's going to pay $100 for a ticket? A Motley Crue fan's going to pay $100 for a ticket probably. That's what they're going for today. When you add up, I know like over here at the Chancey sure. Bank on set, you see now they're charging like 6 or $7 on a ticket yeah. for parking. Right. And that's everybody buys a ticket. So yeah. if you've got nine people in the car, nine people are paying $7 for parking. Is that something? I read that, too. That's, that's and, why I'm not going to see Priest this time around. Exactly. And people, half the people there don't even take the you know, drive-in because they live I in the area. I might go out to Long Island to see Priest. I don't care that's, how bad That's it where is. we have to go. This uh, is nation. Go especially you know? if, if uh, Anvil ends up opening. I know Weissnake is playing with them, too. Yeah, yeah. I and wouldn't mind, but I'm not going to uh, do that. I'm sorry. Priest is supposed to be doing um, British Steel. Yeah, they had a whole album. That's a whole great. album. So, but uh, I just I can't see spending a hundred dollars for a ticket yeah. and having to sit through three or four bands from a different genre. I'm not saying there's anything bad about these bands, no. but it's not the music that you know people who grew up with Motley Crue that want to see Motley Crue. Right, like I, see you Priest. To... I don't want to see five new bands open up. See, I Priest. could see Motley White Snake with Motley Crue. I could see yeah, um, Def Leppard with Motley Crue. Yep. Um, you know that that that's that's you know. There's a lot of there's a lot of bands that could be in that bill. Doc and sure. uh, Doc and uh, bands that'll fit that genre, you know, that genre, that, that genre, genre, yeah. whatever that yeah. French. I, hate I can't pronounce that word. I hate using French words. Yeah, it must be a French word because uh, I should have said about about the French. But we're gonna go see them next week on vacation, so I gotta. gotta well, that's all right. Well, yeah. You're going to invade them. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. I always thought about it. if it wasn't for us, they'd be speaking German today. Oh, this is true. So. But I just think it's ridiculous that it's like the Ozfest where you got Ozzy and you got these seventy-five thousand bands before right. he comes on that right. you don't like, you're not into, right. and you know they're just doing it to bring these young people in because they know they love these bands. But, but you know, I mean, you, you got to stand on your own, especially after all the years these guys have been in the business. They shouldn't have to play with bands that don't play the same type of music that they do, especially when you got dozens of great bands from the '80s that are back together playing that people know who may not have the opportunity to get on these tours. Yeah. I'm glad like Anvil kept opening up their mouth on all these shows. Finally, somebody came yeah. through and put them back on a bill again. Well, see, um, Anvil was on uh, Eddie Trunk about two, three weeks ago, yeah. and Halford called in. And he, what's his name? When, when Halford was off the phone, um, Trunk kind of said, you know, it would be nice if a band like Judas Priest took you along. And within, I'd say, three or four days, Yep. I read it on Blabbermouth that they're taking them along on some some of the shows, because yeah. Anvil's um, Anvil got um, about a month before that Anvil picked up, not picked up. Um, they hired um, or Anvil was picked up by Slayer's tour manager. Okay. So he probably said, "I got to get them shows," Thank and you. he said, "Priest would be perfect," you know, because people are going to go see Priest and they're going to enjoy yeah. the aggression of Anvil. It's going to keep them up. It's going to keep them entertained. Exactly. Even if they've never heard of them. Even if they just know metal on metal. Even if, Or if they've never heard of them. You know? Yeah. 
And everybody's probably they. I know if they're gonna do a full set, they're prob. Well, I don't know if they're gonna be the third band on. They might not do it, but the song they did paint it black on the very first album. Did you know that? That's a great cover song. Yeah, right. I was gonna do it last week, but uh, I yeah. had so many other songs to get on. Because on the we were on we were listening on the serious, and my niece heard "Painted Black" by Wasp, and yeah. she was like, "Interesting." I said, yeah, you know, watched it their own way. I said, there was a band called Anvil. She goes, oh, the band with the movie. Now, my niece is not into metal. But she, she knows, knows movie, a couple yeah. of stuff, but, you know, once she heard the movie. So, that, I mean, that's great right there. Yeah, it is great. You know, just to see that nutcase running around with his flying beast. Oh, yeah. Hung out I, with I remember those days of Lamar's coming out with the with the suspenders on and the yeah, bare chest and spree. They were a great band, and I'm and glad. The vibrators, hopefully it'll bring something not, up. They weren't dildos. They were vibrators. I, I always, vibrators. They were vibrators, not dildos. That's right. And he would turn it on. He had the batteries in it. He would buzz it yep. along the strings. So maybe ten years before, Mr. Van Halen put a drill next to his next right. to his. Uh, somebody always gets something from somebody else. Oh, of course. But, you know, Mr. Van Halen has the nerve to put down, not put down, but to not credit guys like Jimmy Page and Jimi Hendrix. For it wasn't for those two, he wouldn't be playing guitar. That's right. Not the shit he does. Everybody has to pick up something for somebody else. And but you know what? Some pe- people's egos—they can't kiss. You know, they can't kiss somebody. You know, somebody's yeah, ass. Know. You know. What are you gonna do? It, it all you. comes back to bite them in the. Well, end. I'd be a little pissed off if I threw uh, Valerie uh, to the curb and she turned out that hot. Especially no, she was always she was always. Yeah. I mean, I had she a crush on her for one day at a time. But she got she a little heavy there. But now after that, uh, that. Um, the Nutrisystem. Yeah, wow. Yeah, it's working. I thought for sure the pictures, the print ad pictures were bullshit. Nah. I thought they were Photoshop, but then I saw the commercial. Nah, but look on the commercial. When she first comes on. Oh, really? Because I notice these things. Go look ahead. on the commercial. She first walks out like she has the towel wrapped around her. Yeah. And she takes the towel off. Uh-huh. Look at her thighs, like from the from the waist down. Uh-huh. You can see that they're too square. And like when she turns... Uh-huh. You can see it's like there's something like digital there, like the background just doesn't mesh up oh, right, and they must have cropped yeah. it a little bit. Don't get me wrong, <laughs> I wouldn't mind seeing it anyway. Yeah. But they must have did it. They did do it because when she comes out of the pool, you'll notice the way the water's dripping around her. Uh-huh. It's the same way. I mean, I'm a little <laughs> no, no, no. Attention to detail no, there, that's but that's very good because some of the print stuff kind of looks. But hey, you know, you, you know, she lost some weight because you saw her in the jeans. Oh, definitely. Sarah looks decent like that in jeans. Wait, she's 50 years 40... old now? She's got to be close to 50. Oh, yeah. I think she's 45. 45, yeah. not close yeah, enough. Yeah, somewhere in between, yeah. We can't complain. We can't complain at all. But uh, we're talking about Anvil. We've seen Anvil many times at Lamar. Oh, that was great. And uh, we're going to get back to some music now. Right, let's go back to the Rod, get back to the Rod-centric stuff. Hell yeah. Oh, Rod-centric. I like that. That sounds oh, pretty yeah. good. we got to use that uh, throughout the show. Yeah. There were a couple of bands that played at Lamar's all the time in the 80s, besides yourself and Tempest. Name some of the house bands of Lamar's that you could catch pretty much almost every other week. Oh, well, uh, uh, Overkill. Yeah, that's one T-T of them. T.T. Quick. T.T. Quick. Those are two bands that I call produce their albums by. Uh, so, Jesus, look at that. Um, so we'll do a little T.T. Quick now because... Uh, what about Lion? No? I think Lion? it's Victims I got. Cool. Yeah. T.T. Quick. This is Victims off the EP.
gave you a double shot there. We started off with a TT Quick and Victims off the repeat. Mm-hmm. And we went to EXE with Slaughter Disorder for Stricken by Mike. Uh, I should have told you I was going to do that tape, but uh, I kind of hit the button by accident. So we went right into it. No, it was a good mix. Yeah, I didn't realize it. You know what it is? I was trying to set the volume for the next song, and I keep forgetting, and I click on there the name, and the song automatically plays, but at least it came out towards the end of the TT Quick song. And, uh, Definitely. But Carl will be calling in about 15 or 20 minutes or so. And you know what we got talking about? He play, I Tonight's demolition segment, I, I was going to uh, put up the Man Award demo, the first demo from 1980 or 81. Right. I believe he played on that. Yeah, if not, he played on the, the tracks for the first record before Danny Hamza came into the band. Uh-huh. So we got to ask him about that, because yeah. right before that, he was playing with David uh, David Rock before they were in the Rods, right. and his band called Avengers, and Joey DeMeo played bass in that band, too. Right. So I got that single, Ships on a Stormy Sea, we'll get that on later on in the show. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah, we got to ask him, and we'll try to remind him about all that stuff. I got like a hundred things I want to get out, and before you know it, the whole freaking show is over, and... You forget to get a lot of questions out. I have to get them back. Yeah, that's what we have to do. It took me a long time to get them on. Yeah, there you go. I've been trying since last October. My buddy Tony over at Diatonic helped out and uh, uh, cool. sped things up over there, so I appreciate that. Cool. I'm going to get on something new for you now. Okay. Let me know what you think of these guys. These guys are out of Canada, out of Toronto. They call Ape. Uh, this is their first record, Survival of the Fittest. Just can't, uh, these guys are a really good mix of old and new. I kind of like this album. I had to pick the shortest song. A lot of the songs are pretty long, and I just, uh, I'm sorry, this is actually the second record. The first record came out last year, 2007. Okay. Uh, but this, this, the, this is the newest one that came out this year, Survival of the Fittest. And the songs were a little too long because we only had like an hour to get music on, so I picked the shortest one, to be honest with you. All right. And it's a song called uh, It's Not. So uh, check this out, Ape, out of Canada.
I'm all screwed up right, here, Tim. You know what? Right now, let's get a song on by You know, Thresh. I'm embarrassed. I think I should hang up and let Tony drive. <laughs> I'm telling you. All right. This is Thresh. <laughs> She likes her up from Burning at the Speed of Light. That song features uh, James Rivera on vocals. So that was a great one. I only got enough time for two more songs, Steve, before uh, Carl probably calls in. So no we'll just get to one after the other. Okay. I was gonna play. I was gonna put the the Manowar demo, the Tonics Demolition demo, but the quality I have is just so bad. 
I couldn't put it on. But if you head over to the blog spot, I put it there for people to download. It has uh, Shell Shock and Battle Hymns. So the Battle Hymns one is better than Shell Shock, but it was too long for me to get on today, you know, so I didn't yeah, bother. No yeah. So I'm going to give you uh, Possessed. Uh, this is from the 1991 demo. This is a song called Martyr's Wake. Carl also produced the Possessed album Beyond the Gates, which was the last album that came out before this demo. So I actually was going to play a song off for that, but when the man was sounding like crap, I said, let me put the Possessed demo on and uh, we'll keep with the call uh, tradition of all the music he's done. So uh, this is Possessed, the Martyr's Wake. Download this demo at the Blocks box. <laughs>
Hyatt. That was possessed with the Martyrs' way. Carlson will be calling in any minute. So, T, how about we kick things off with a little rods? You got it. All right, how about Let Them Meet Metal? Oh, excellent song. Love it. That was the Rods with Let Them Eat Metal. I believe our special guest tonight is on the line. Carl, you there? Hey, this is Rock. How you doing? Oh, Rock, I got the wrong line. I guess Carl's on the other line. I'll get you both on. How you doing, Rock? It's good to talk to you. Yeah, I'm doing good. How are you? Great. I'm doing great. Thanks for calling in. It's great to have you on. And I'm getting call connected right now. Hey, Carl, you, know, you there, too? Yep, I'm here, too, Mike. 
All right, everybody's there. Beautiful. This is great. How are you guys doing? We're doing great. Yeah, doing great. Uh, good. It's good to have you back on just in the, the whole metal scene again. It's uh, It's been a long time, and we're all looking forward to that new album. Yeah, it feels good to be there. Yeah. yeah so how's everything been going over the years? Uh, it's been going really well. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Great. Great. I'm um, glad. How's the new album, uh, the recording, all done or what? Yeah, the recording's all done. Um, <clears throat> they're in the process of mixing it right now, and uh, so that should be it. Should be ready to you know chop around and get released pretty soon. Excellent. Yeah. Oh, good. We're all looking forward to that. And, uh, uh, you're back singing again. Uh, the last album. Uh, yeah, Sammy Avigal singing for you back in '86 on Heavier Than Now. Rocky right. back on vocals again. Yeah, we're we're back to the original lineup. Um, and uh, you know, with me, Carl, and Gary, it's kind of the original lineup, yep. and um, we we just felt that that was the that was the way that was the most comfortable, you know. And Rock singing his balls off, <laughs> <laughs> and and playing his fingers off. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's great. And uh, yeah. we know you got some guests on this record. You uh, you got your cousin coming on for a few songs, right? Yeah, he's singing two songs, and they're really when you hear him, it's gonna incredible. You know, I mean, it's just unbelievable. Yeah, his voice uh, sounds so great after all these years. We uh, yeah. watched him last night on TV on uh, Eddie Trunk's show on VH1, uh-huh. and he looked good. So we're, we're yeah. glad and we're looking forward to that record. Yeah. And uh, I just got one question I got for Carl because okay. this has been on my mind for 25 years. I haven't oh, had yeah. one good night of sleep. I mean, most people ponder, like, you know, the, the question of, of all universe, like the meaning of life. All yeah. I want to know is who was the lone rager? Was it you or Johnny Z? Oh, man, I'm supposed to answer this. Maybe Johnny Z should be the one answering this. I don't know. I can't find him anywhere, but I got you. Okay. <laughs> Let me sleep comfortably tonight. Let me put my head on the pillow and go to rest. <laughs> I'll clear this up for you once and for all so you can rest. It was not me. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess that leaves Johnny Z. It might have been Johnny Z. All yeah. right. It's still going to be a mystery. It's one of the things that will... Uh, I'll haunt you for the rest of your life. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll never have the right answer. Oh, uh, right, but uh, we'll put our bet on Johnny Z then. Mm-hmm. All right, that was that was some great stuff. And I, I was talking before about all the stuff that uh, that you've produced over the years, Carl. You, I mean, you were like the almost in-house producer for for Megaforce back in the day, and uh, all yeah. that stuff. And we were talking about rock with, uh, I said Avenger by accident. It was Thunder where you played together. Was that the first time you guys hooked up back then? Yeah, that, that was the first time. Yeah, I think that was the only time actually, because um, um, I don't think anything happened after that. After that being folded up. So that was it till the rods came around. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was good. Now, where'd the name come from, guys? The rods. Yeah. Carl, do you remember that? Yeah, I, I kind of remember. <clears throat> you, you were really into like you'd, guitars with flames. You had all those guitars painted. You were into cars. You had a lot, like a lot mm-hmm. of stuff. So about cars and it, it just basically kind of came out of those discussions. We were looking for a name, and and uh, yeah, that's what we wound up. Sort with. of like the hot rod, you know, like the car, the hot rod. Yeah, yeah but cool. it was interpreted in many different ways. You I know. See. Oh, I see. Yeah, okay, yeah. there you go. So yeah, I see the new logo. You have the guitar with the flames on it. Yeah, that, that's cool. yeah, looks good. Yeah. So going back to the to the early days, I'm sorry, Tate. Right, what happened man. the first time around that you know you guys kind of uh, just ended it back around '86, '87 around there? I think um, you know basically it was just a, a lot of um, negative stuff going in you know on with our management that we had at the time, 
and it, and it became so discouraging for us as as the band um, that you know we just kind of like you know almost gave up on it because yeah. there, there was so much stuff that we had to go through um, you know dealing with the business end of it and the management and the whole deal that we just said hey you know we just want to play music but you know we got to deal with this other crap too so it got real discouraging I think we just like uh, got burned out on it yeah yeah. It yeah. Was- it wasn't an official thing. It wasn't like we said, oh, we're never, you know, it was just a case of we all just sort of, like like I was doing production, we all just sort of, we weren't doing a lot, and we were frustrated, and we just sort of started doing different things mm-hmm. individually, and that's what it yeah. kind of blew a halt. It was never like, oh, I hate these guys or anything like that. It was just a mm-hmm. case of, like like David said, like Rock said, it's just, it was a lot of, a lot of problems, and like a lot of bands, you get mired down in sometimes the business because, Unfortunately, in the music business, they eat their young, and a lot of the people on the periphery don't really give a shit about the artists and, and uh, the musicians. They really care about themselves, and and, uh, it's, and it's not an uncommon story. Sad to say. No, we hear this. I hear this all the time from bands, and it's, it's amazing how many great bands just just has so much of it that they just packed it in over right. over, over management issues, and all that great music was lost and gone. You know, nothing new. You know, mm-hmm. ever came out after that. And it's a yeah. it is it's a damn shame. Yeah. After a while, it just becomes so difficult to just be focused on the music because everything else is so crappy, and, and you're yeah. dealing with a lot of people who are unpleasant to deal with. You know, and a lot of times those people that you deal with are not exactly, they're not artists, and a lot of times they're unscrupulous, so, you know, you put that together, and these people don't really understand musicians, and, you know. Yeah, it's a toxic combination, I know. And, uh, mm-hmm. I have to say that this reunion, this getting back together, it, it's been... For me, it's been great. I mean, Dave, Dave and Gary are playing great, singing great, but uh, I think the new songs are really the strongest stuff we've written yeah. uh, ever. And I think that, um, you know, I think you come back to this w- with a whole renewed energy, and this is like, this is a great time for us. I'm having a great time, and I'm, and uh, I can't say enough about it. I look forward to every rehearsal and every gig, and it's just... Uh, you know, I'm actually practicing again. I was watching the Joe Morello video last night at one in the morning, going, "Wow, that guy's still amazing." You know, he's 80 years old or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, "How does he do that?" Let me let me get my drum pad out. So yeah, it's almost fun. like being it's like being in a new band almost again in a way because it's all fresh again. Yeah. It is because you you know you look at things in a different perspective. You know, right? Yeah, and, and you're kind of like you know you've become more knowledgeable about things and about life and the whole thing because you're a little bit older and. And um, so you, you approach the whole the whole project and the whole everything you know in a different light. So it makes it really nice, you know. And um, you know, I, and I agree with Carl. I think that you know this album is probably going to be. I mean, our very first album goes down in history as being like a, a classic album, you know. Yeah. But this this album um, it probably has some of the you know best um, material that we've ever written, you know. And it's good sounding too, you know, production wise. Um, the fact that Ronnie's going to be singing, you know, ha- is singing two songs on the album, just you know, it's like frosting on the cake, you know. Yeah, it's just sure. kind of great to, uh, you know, to have him there, you know, because of previous association, you know, with him and I, and um, it's just amazing, you know. Not to mention that the songs themselves that he is singing on are amazing songs, you know. I think I'm I think sure they are. Carl and I have even, you know, surprised ourselves that we can, you know, come up with material like we have, you know. I mean. <laughs> Back in the day, it was like, you know, we write about sex and, you know, rock and roll and having a good time and partying, you know, that kind of thing. But, um, you know, now you now you look at things in a little bit different light and you and you can put the put the lyrics and the things together a little bit better. So 
Yeah, we we really feel good about uh, everything. We really can't wait for for everybody to hear this album because I think they're really going to like it. Everybody feels the same way. I mean, you and and Ronnie go back to to the Elf days. Mm-hmm. Uh, you left the band before Ronnie went over to Rainbow, right? Because most of the other guys that went Elf back then went over to Rainbow for the first record. Yeah. Um, well, they yeah. needed another guitarist. <laughs> yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Richie, <clears throat> Richie didn't need a backup guitar. <laughs> yeah, pretty much the whole Elf band became Rainbow. Yeah. And um, you know, and then one by one, you know, um, they either quit or left or for whatever reason, you know, uh, it got down to Ronnie being the only one left with Richie for a while, and eventually, um, you know, he ended up leaving. I think probably because he had an offer with Black Sabbath. So. Yeah. yeah. Well, we are, you know, Richie's a little larger in life over there. I think everybody knows that. And, both of you, you and Carl both played with uh, Joey from Manowar. Carl played uh, with them early on. He played with yep. you on uh, on your single. Yeah, right? yeah. So, that uh, was that was in the uh, many years ago in the be- in the early stages of you know um, putting things together. Yeah. yeah. Have you guys yeah. seen the yeah. uh, picture of uh, uh, There's a picture going around uh, uh, Joey and uh, Frank, who's uh, also known as Eric, in like disco clothes. Oh yeah, yeah, we've seen that. Yeah. So that was like prior or after? After that was it was, af- it was after that. After. Yeah, it was after that. Um, you what? They you said get rid of those shoes, get rid of those pants. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I didn't really know those guys during that time, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, that was that was like um, pre because when I when I met them, they weren't wearing disco clothes. <laughs> oh, they, were, they were they already got past that stage, so. It was you know, yeah, a, little, a little different time. Uh, was uh, was was, was uh, yeah. Joey's ego as big back then as it is now? Uh, yeah. Well, you don't want to answer that. Yeah, no, I would say probably is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Joey's. I, I don't really, I don't really know what it's like now, but you know, you know, he's always had a pretty good ego. Yeah, well, it's kept him going, so that, so that's that's a good thing, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. If you had, if you had to pick out your one definitive Rod's record, what would it be? What do you think is the one album that? Stands out the most where you know you say this was like our our masterpiece. I I think the you know for me it's the first album. Mm-hmm. Um, you know we put like our our hearts and soul into that album. You know we carried the tapes from hotel to hotel as we were, when we were on the road. We recorded over you know a long period of time. We recorded it. You know we borrowed a lot of money from whoever we could borrow money from. You know to finish the thing. Yeah. Uh, we put like our hearts and soul into that album and. Um, you know, and a, a lot of time, and I think that the, some of the songs on that album, you know, stand up to be like some of the, you know, trademark songs of the band. Yeah. So, uh, but but not to say that there's a lot of other great songs on the other albums, but that album, uh, the first album in particular, would be my answer to that. Yeah. What do you think, Carl? Yeah, I, I would, I, you know, there are things like In the Raw that I love In the Raw in the sense that that was a 24-hour marathon and it's live in the studio we set up chris bubach who did a lot of our recording um we set up live and we just played the songs i mean that was like if you wanted to what do the rods actually sound like that was it like we just played live and and did all those songs and mixed it in 24 hours and then and then of course our genius manager comes in and he goes let's take a photo for the album <laughs> no, like 20 hours, whatever it was and goes here's a nice close-up photo of you guys in the bags That'll make a great cover. But, but I would say the first, the first album for me is, is probably it in, as well because it was it was a case of we did stuff. We didn't know what was going on. You know, you, ha- you have to remember, and I was just talking to somebody 
the other day about this, about how when we first did the rods and, and we got together and we started writing these songs and, and uh, when we, we were recording these songs, there wasn't a lot of stuff. We weren't aware of a new wave, new wave of heavy metal. You know, we had no clue about that. We were just doing what we really wanted to do. And, uh, you know, I have to say, I was kind of following David's lead. Like, David had written this material, and I was writing as well. And it's just like, okay, I get it. You know, I, I really love this. It connected with me. And uh, one of the guys who had, had known me playing in other bands, we played one of our first shows. And when I walked out, he, he said to me, Carl, what the fuck are you doing? He goes, the 60s are dead, man. And <laughs> that was like a disco era. Like, disco was yeah. just it was just waning, and the new and punk was starting to happen. So what we were doing was really like pretty bizarre at the time. It wasn't like there was a template all, already in place for doing this stuff. So we were doing it, and it was kind of like we were going for it. And uh, like Dave said, you know, we we have a great story of carrying. We carried our two-inch tapes because I have in my journal we did 64 days straight. And we were living each on $5 a day, and our bass player was actually buying cigarettes out of that $5 a day we lived on. And we were, so we would go to gigs, and we'd have to carry our tapes because we were recording at Fredonia for free um, with Chris Bubat. So we would carry these two-inch tapes. So after a while, it was just, we would just get crazy at the end of a gig, and we'd have to carry them into the hotels. And you know, we'd be flipping coins. We'd have to get stuck carrying them in, and it's like, it, yeah. it just got crazy for us. But... Those were great times, and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, hey, that probably was, That's you know, was probably great. the same thing. Great stuff, man. Yeah. Definitely. Carl, do you prefer you, producing over playing? Uh, let me, sorry, before I answer that, I wanted to go back. You know, the three of us played when Thunder was kind of like at the very tail end there. Joey Rock and I actually played together. We rehearsed together, I should say. And that was a pretty amazing thing. It never, we I never played. That, yeah. Yeah, it was nothing came to fruition as far as any live gigs. But uh, I'll tell you, for me, that was great. Playing with Joey, he's a, he's a monster. And playing with Rock is, you know, incredible for me And as then well. they used you on the demo, uh, the Man of demo? Right. And then I, I was uh, helping them. I did the uh, their showcases for EMI and all of that. And then we did the demo. Okay. And worked out the songs and the first, what became the first album. Wow. They're very, very talented and, you know. And I wanted to say about Joey, I started to say, you know, in Joey's defense, he was doing Godspell. So it wasn't like, like, I think he was walking the street like that. I think that was a costume for him. Yeah, you see, like, yeah, they, nobody really uh, knows the thing behind that photo. Yeah. Right. Right. It's for, like, Joey's, like, he wasn't like the guy was walking around in that outfit. He was scared as an early exactly. artist. Exactly. You know, That's you funny. do think, yeah, you're making money. And so this guy's, like, Joey. Yeah. You Carl, you don't understand. We're from Brooklyn. Okay, yeah. and we actually saw people walking around like that. Mm-hmm. So we just assumed, you know, it's all over. Yeah, that was a common dress form back then, but we used to Joey DeMayo in the loincloth. That's the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> Without mm-hmm. a loincloth, you're not a man, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. We get uh, back to what I was saying before, Carl. Do you like producing or playing better? Um, you know, I love playing, and yeah. I, I realize that more and more from as we've gotten back together playing. I really love playing and uh, getting back into my drums and, you know, really focusing. But, you know, I love producing, but, you know, producing was a case for me of it just came out of, you know, we would go into the studio, like, for example, when we started Fredonia. Basically, there were times when just David and I were there, The Rock and I were like, he's out singing and, you know, we're working on songs together. And, it, you know, a lot of that came out of the fact that, like, for both of us producing, it was like... You know, we didn't, just, we didn't have, we, we never really had a producer, you know. 
Yeah, he's in so it was like kind of, we had to produce or else we didn't make a record, you know. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, but um, do, do you prefer the old way of recording on no reel-to-reel tapes or everything now with the Pro Tools? What do you find uh, to be better working with? Well, the Pro Tools and the digital the digital format is is great. It's so much easier to work with uh, than you know tape, and it's you know it's so much less time consuming. You know, as far as like having to splice tape and you know, rewind and do things over. Um, you know, for me, because I've always been an analog guy, you know, as far as my, my guitar equipment, you know, I, I'm still using tube amps and stuff like that. Um, <clears throat> you know, there's pros and cons to to the digital and versus analog and tube, but um, as far as the ease and uh, the quickness, you know, digital recording is, is great. You know, there's so much you can do, and it's so much easier to do it. And... Uh, now the now they you know you can do a digital recording and use a analog program and make it sound like analog so you know wow. yeah there's a lot of technology out there yeah there's there's, there's so much technology it's hard to keep up with it <laughs> out of all the bands you work with back in the 80s and you like with these bands like at their start from Overkill PT Quick Exciter oh man Graphic Violence you work with your old friends in Blue Cheer Anthrax who gave you the most grief in the studio <laughs> what band did you just say Jesus Christ I got to pack this up and get out of here. <laughs> You know, it's interesting you, you asked that question, and, and uh, you know, I, I work really hard for every band. I, I would have to say, you know, and it, I don't know if I can actually, if, you know. Hey, say we only got 400 people listening. Okay, okay. <laughs> if we can clarify this. Like, as things went on, I noticed that with Anthrax, like, with, I suggested that they didn't, um, that they get rid of the singer. They brought this kid in, and I don't even remember his name. But after a week, it was really clear that this kid was about coke and partying and nothing to do with singing. He had shitty lyrics. He had a shitty voice. He couldn't stay in tune. He didn't get it. And it was like, what are you guys doing with the singer? you got to lose this guy. So, and to their credit, you know, they said, get Johnny on the phone. And then Johnny, uh, next thing I know, Johnny goes, put him on, a, on the bus. So we found Joey Belladonna for them, um, which took time for Joey to adjust. He was used to singing Steve Perry. So... You know, for him to play over Charlie's crazy fast double bass stuff, he didn't get it at first. Mm-hmm. And this is no slight to him. I mean, this is new new to him, and it took him a little while. Those guys slagged me quite a bit early on, and I paid for DMs out of my pocket, and I really busted my ass for them. And then when Frank Bello came into the band, Frank was very green, and it took a lot of time for him to kind of get up to speed playing the bass, and I spent a lot of time working with him. And then they dissed me for he's taking a lot of time. And I think over the over the long haul, that stuff was really painful for me because I and I realized I learned a lesson that sometimes you just have to tell people how it is instead of saying you know trying to cover it and make it smooth. They should have known that stuff because at the end of the day they dissed me and that was that was really uncomfortable for me and I never really had it until today. I never really addressed that. I've never yeah. addressed it with them and I've never addressed that whole thing. But you know, I mean, it was a case of I really busted my ass for them on all three of those records. And, of course, part of it was a lot of the things that happened. You know, my suggestion that, like, Dan Spitz wasn't the tightest rhythm guitarist, but Scott Ian was a freaking monster. So it was a case of let's go with the strengths, you know. And, and Danny was a monster soloist. And, you know, yeah. they paid attention to a lot of things I said. And people would come up to me and go, wow, they sound so tight on these records, but lie, they're a mess. Like, how did that happen? I'm like, well, you know, I, of course, never said anything, but I tried to focus their talents in the studio, and I don't know that I always got that credit or that they appreciated it. Um, but it wasn't that they were difficult to deal with at all. Like, none of the bands were really crazy to deal with. I loved all the guys and, and almost all the bands. Yeah. So, 
I know, guess I'm, like it's just like you know days of our lives, a lot of drama back then. And I remember seeing Anthrax with Neil Turbin when he was singing with them, and you did the single metal album with him, and they were a mess on stage. So when you hear the record, you know that there was a lot of magic being brought into it between then and now. And that's, and, and that's and, another uh, thing. You, you know, you have a good point about that, and that's another thing. There was a lot of drama with Neil. Um, you know, there was a pull. Charlie was writing a lot of the songs, and there was a little bit of a pull back in the beginning, you know, because there were other musicians in the band. Danny Loker, you know, yep. it was yep. the band. Sure. And Danny's a strong writer. And, uh, you know, so you wind up with, you know, the drummers writing some of the songs, and then, of course, Charlie wasn't there. Some changes that would get made, Charlie wouldn't always be happy or agree with them. Mm. So there was a lot, you know, the Anthrax had a lot of little infighting and, or, you know, just basic things that go on in the band that uh, yeah. would call little tensions, you know. But, Did, uh, just to go to a on that, did Neil Turbin go into the recording sessions for this next record? Because I know Matt Fallon was the one who uh, came in right. after him. Right. Matt also worked with Skid Row. He played, was with the original Skid Row before they brought in Sebastian. Mm-hmm. Neil did not come in for the um, for spreading the disease. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Neil was Neil was gone at that point and had moved on. And uh, I, you know I love Neil. I'm, you know Neil and I are still good friends. And and uh, you know I love his new stuff. Yeah, the Death Rider stuff is real good. It is. And so that, that's just a little touching on the past, though. If they get back to the Rods now, what happened with the Hollywood record? Was that a was that a Rods record that didn't become a Rods record, or was it <clears> just be something different? Well, the I think the Hollywood record was actually, you know, the band had pretty much um, quit playing, and you know, was pretty much dissolved at that at that the time that that album was done, and I think it was, um, you know. Carl had called and said, "You know, let's do an let's do an album." We had some material that was, you know, not really Rod style material. It was written through the you know through the duration of the band when the band was together. Yeah. Um, and it was um, so. And Carl came up with this guy Rick Cottle. Uh, he found him, and uh, I said, "You know, this you know Carl and I discussed it and said, you know, we we need to have a different singer for this uh, material because it's not real. That's why the Rods never did it in the first place because." It was just different, you know. You yeah. needed more of a, a singer that could actually sing, you know. And um, so Carl had discovered uh, this guy Rick Cottle, and you know, gave me a videotape of his perform, you know, him performing. And I thought, oh, this guy's really great, you know. So um, we got him up here, and uh, he ended up, you know, coming in for a few days and actually sang all the songs. He's a great singer, you know, and he he fit the material really well. Um, yeah, it's a Rod's album, but it's not, you know. It's not really a Rod's album, but it is a Rod's album, you know. Yeah, I know you're that kind of it. thing. Yeah. Um, it was a way to it was a way to get that material out and do another album. Um, we were all kind of doing different things at the time, so um, it was just it was just kind of a th- you know like a project actually. Yeah, yeah and, and you it's know it's a great record too, and it's got the best cover of Mississippi Queen anyway. I'll say. That. Yeah. <laughs> that, that <laughs> you know, uh, <clears throat> Andrew Duck McDonald, you know the guitarist and blue cheer played on the Thrasher stuff? Yes. Now, he's the one who found Rick Cottle. He also is the one who, when I said I'm looking for a singer for Anthrax, we need to find someone, he's the one who suggested Joey Belladonna. Wow, okay. So he, he came up with, you know, Duck came up with two two pretty strong singers. And, uh, you know. Yeah, they're really Duck strong. A great guy and a great guitarist. But, so we uh, yeah, Tony, uh, Tony in the chat room says that Rick was uh, also on Star Search when he was younger. He was. I think he lost yeah. to Sam Harris or something. But he was Sam one Harris. of the. <laughs> oh <laughs> my Harris. God! Really? Yeah. That was I guess the... it was that somewhere over the rainbow that took somewhere him down. Somewhere over the rainbow guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. 
could I ask a little musician stuff? What of uh, Carl? What 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 was your favorite drummer or most influential drummer growing up? Um, you know, funny. I don't know. It for me, I started out and started taking some lessons, and immediately because I was really into Blue Cheer, which was great to actually work with those guys later on. Wow. Um, I remember seeing them on on Dick Clark, and and I up until then I had been playing for about two years on my own, but um, just picking stuff up from you know 45s and and pop radio, and then I saw Blue Cheer on TV, and and my speakers were was like blowing up the fucking TV. Uh, I'm like, what the hell is going on? I'm looking, watching them, going, oh my god, these guys are like, and I went, that's what I want to do. So, you know, I started migrating to that style pretty fast, and. Uh, so I started. I tried to take lessons from someone, and uh, he just said, you know, you're playing too hard, and, you know, blah, 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 blah. So I was like, okay, well, I'm not changing that. So I ended that. So I didn't, I didn't really take lessons again. So I studied, like, when I listened to The Who, Hendrix, you know, those guys. And, of course, I was a huge Carmen Apathy fan. So eventually oh. I saw this ad in, in – uh, I was a union guy, and I saw this ad for Carmen Apathy is accepting students. So I'm like, pick up the phone, I call, and I, he goes, hello. I'm like, I am phoning about this ad, you know, for lessons for Carmine, you know. And he goes, this is Carmine. Wow. I was like, wow, this is so cool. So <laughs> him being my hero and one of my favorite drummers, I started taking lessons from him. And at that point, I was living in Boston, so I started driving in from Boston, and I would take double lessons. But Carmine, you know, probably one of the, huge, the biggest influences on me, not just as a drummer, but his attitude about music. And uh, Tony Williams, I got to take lessons from Tony Williams from, yeah, my friend Billy Hilfiger, who's deceased, but Billy worked at Manny's, and, and Billy was like, you know what, you got to take lessons from, you can hook you up with Tony Williams. So both of those guys had, had really interesting philosophies to talk about. Both of them were really, Carmine's a real educator, Tony Williams was like a real musician, and, uh, you know, became a strong composer, actually, had gone back and studied composition, but... Both of them had this attitude, which was you play because you love it. And it was really interesting, their whole approach about music, which I still bring to what I, as a songwriter and as a drummer, I still bring that to what I do because of what they they imparted to me about their philosophy about how they approached it. So, you know, I would have to say that, you know, probably I emulate Carmine, Mitch Mitchell, those guys, but, you know, Carmine and Tony Williams had a huge impact on me. And, and to this day, I find myself going back and replaying the things that I learned from them, and, and more so than what I got out of the book, but listening to them. That's cool. Yeah, and uh, rock, uh, guitar, and... Uh... Um, well, for me, um, <clears throat> it's always been um, Richie Blackmore, Jeff Beck, and Hendrix, you know, oh, wow. or the top okay. three, you know, that, that influenced me the most. Um, you know, it's funny because you know, Richie Blackmore... And Deep Purple were like my favorite band, you know, at the time. Yeah. And then when Elf actually did their recording, a uh, first record, wow. um, and we were fortunate, you know, Ian Pace and Roger Glover were the producers of the album. It just happened to be that they were looking for a band to produce. Um, the label put them at the same time with us, you know, during our audition for the label. So, I mean, that alone was great. And then what happened was is when we started the tour, we got to tour with Deep Purple all the time because... Okay. You know, same label, and they were promoting because, you know, the two of the guys in Deep Purple were the producers of the record. You know, they were promoting, too, and at the time, they were the biggest band in the world. So, um, you know, I got to sit on the side of the stage and watch, you know, my idol, like, every night, you know. 
And um, so that was great. You know, Jeff Beck has, has always been, like, right along, you know, my favorite. And I just got to see him live for the first time, you know, a few weeks ago in Scranton wow. with Carl. And, um, of course, Hendrix, you know, has been a, was a huge, you know, inspiration to me in, in the style of playing and the sound and everything that now, he did. Now, see, that's odd. You basically play Gibson guitars, no? Or style guitars, like a humbucker style guitar. Yeah, yeah, that's and true. Had, even myself, see, I play mostly uh, Flying Vs, mm-hmm. but Richie was probably one of my first, you know, my first influence. Yeah. Weird. yeah. But you just, you know, you use his phrasings and his influence, and you're yeah. taking it a different yeah. way, you know. Yeah. It's not like you're son of Blackmore, you know, or like like mm-hmm. when you mention you know the the Mississippi Queen, I hear a lot of mountain and you you know a little bit of mountain mm-hmm. in your playing mm-hmm. too, mm-hmm. you know a little bit of Leslie. You know? And I can I can say that you know like of course we all loved that. I mean when that record came out when we heard Mississippi Queen, I mean that yeah. was just like wow, you know. Yeah. And I can say that when Richie heard that. He went wow too. Yeah. He loved that song. You know, he thought it. Well, he thought it was great. You know, That's he loved cool. Mississippi Queen. So um, yeah, it, it was cool. And Richie, Richie's a you know a cool guy too. And I, you know, there's there's a lot of horror stories. I mean, when we first and I've told this story a number of times to people that are asking are asking me the same question. You know, it's like I uh, the very first tour that we did with Deep Purple. You know, and everybody's saying, oh Richie, you know Richie's hard to be around. You know, like he he's thrown opening acts off the the bill because he doesn't like the guitar players and the band and you know all this stuff you know and i'm thinking you know how could it be this is my idol i love this guy so um the first the first night of the first tour um i i'm asking like the road crew where's where's richie's you know dressing room you know because he had his own dressing room and uh, they go why and i go i want to go talk to him oh no you can't do that you can't go down there no 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 you know it's like taboo you know don't don't go down to richie's room cause a lot of problems you know so I, I go down to the room, I knock on the door, you know, you come in, I walk in, and Richie's there, you know, and it's like, um, I told him who I was, and I asked, the, I said, I just wanted to ask you something, and I said, I, I said, I want to know who your favorite guitar player is, and he said, Jeff Beck, and I said, Jeff Beck's my favorite guitar player, too, and you're my second favorite guitar player. Well, after that, you know, we got along, we never had a problem, you know. And the whole band got along well with him. I mean, I mean, obviously, Rainbow became, you know, Elf became Rainbow, <clears throat> you know, down the line. But um, yeah. Richie's a great guy and just an unbelievable guitar player. You know? Yeah, we we would like to see Richie play more rock and roll. Yeah. yeah, I would too. You know, I mean, I like the stuff he's doing. I've listened to it, oh, but fun. you know, I I just I'm just so and I and I all the guys in Deep Purple were like amazing musicians. Um, you know, I heard and I've heard, you know, Deep Purple live with Steve Morris and and the whole thing is yeah, just a, and they're great and he's Steve Morris is great, sure. but you know, I'm just like for me, you know, Deep Purple is Blackmore and Gillen and you know the original lineup, you know. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, well, maybe one day if the money's right, you. you know, who knows? I think people are looking for a Rainbow reunion before uh well, that way people love to see Rainbow get back together. Yeah, who knows, you know. Anything's possible, I guess. Yeah. And you know, I think, Rock, uh, a couple of years ago you put out the, your Third Wish record. An amazing mm-hmm. record. Oh, yeah. Are you planning on another record after that, or now that the rods are back, everything's just going to be focused on that? Yeah, no. Um, actually, I'm, you know, in fact, Carl and Gary, um, you know, have been working with me on a new solo album, Great. you know, along with the Rods album. Um, I imagine Carl will be doing a solo album as well somewhere down the line, you know. And yep. uh yeah, so no, I, I plan on doing another solo album and uh, along with the Rods album and you know, Carl and Gary, it's kinda like it's a big melting pot, you know. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. But, um, you know, we, we have been, and I'm not sure which will come first as far as, like, a release, whether it'll be, like, a solo album for me or the Rods album. You know, it's hard to say because yeah. they're both they're both pretty much in the can. And um, But, no, we'll, we'll be doing it. And I'm sure you're going to see Carl do one, too. There'll be a lot of drums on there. <laughs> By the way, Mike, one of the things that, that's made this is we have we each have our own little home studios, and uh, Shmulek Abigail helped, set, helped me set things up with, uh, he's like the computer whiz, and uh, actually helped all of us. I mean, he helped us. Yeah, he's been he's been a great help to us, you know, but, in the uh, last year or so. We're going to put uh, right on now. his new record too, right? I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's a great album. But, you know, it was, um, I'm doing my drums at home, which has totally been an amazing experience for me. <laughs> when you have a big kid and you go into the studio, it's like you get, you know, whatever you're happening on that day, and now you just come back the next day, yeah, maybe I'll redo those drum tracks or whatever. So, it's incredibly liberating for me, and I, I can't thank Shmulek enough because the guy really, you know, and he's, he sat there when the first period of time, and I'm like, Shmulek, how the fuck does this work, man? I'm lost. Yeah. And he walked me through it because he's, you know, he's brilliant. So, God bless him, huh? Yeah. Yeah. You brought him in for your last Rods record. Heavier than that, you brought him in for yeah. Mm-hmm. He's mm-hmm. on the last record, mm-hmm. the last studio record, I mean. Yeah. 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 He's a great singer, Sammy. I, I love the picture stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, the mm-hmm. picture stuff he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah fantastic. Great. Yeah, great voice. Yes, without a doubt. So when can we expect uh, what, the new album's Vengeance, right? Um, yeah, that's what we're thinking about, the calling it Vengeance. Um, I don't know. You know, right now we've got, um, you know, we're, in the, we're at the stage where the album is, you know, in the mixing stages, and we really don't have a record deal per se yet with a label, so uh, it's hard to say, you know, without without having a label that's sure. you know got, got a release date and everything set yet. So it's it's kind of hard to, to to come up with that information. But you know, we're looking forward to getting it out as soon as we can, you know, so that we can um, you know play some live gigs to promote it. I guess you're gonna be playing some gigs, yeah. Yeah, Pardon we. Me? What's that? Yeah, Tommy. I'm sorry. Good. No, no. I I was looking on the website, and you have uh, a show in May up by. Uh, Oh yeah, we have <clears throat> we have a show in Ithaca in May May sixteenth, right. uh, which is you know a pretty good sized club there, and um, and it's close to home. It's kind of a good warm up date because we're going to uh, San Antonio, Texas, and I think we play the twenty third, and uh, there's a festival down there. It's called the Southwest or something. We might Rock just festival. come up and see you from Brooklyn. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that would be oh, that great. Great, you guys came up. And uh, there's a, you know, we have like another festival we're doing down in the southern tier, and then we're going to Germany in July to do um, the Headbangers Open Air Festival there. And uh, there's some talk about a Lamore date um, sometime this summer also, so that would be, oh, that would be cool. cool. Well, we'll definitely see you at Lamore's because we're only a few blocks from there now. <laughs> yeah, that would be that. We're looking forward to that. We're really hoping that that does come through because well, you know, it's a different place now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but it's the same owners and it's almost yeah, the it's the same. Vibe. It's the same people, you know, yeah, and it'll be the vibe. same. It'll be the same fans and the whole thing. You have the same fans, right? Yeah, we're just a little fatter, a little grayer. A little yeah, 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 yeah. Lamore <laughs> yeah. yeah. was crazy. That was a kick-ass club, man. Lamore was. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you guys played like the original Lamore. Then when they opened it up. And they blew out the wall and made it larger. Mm-hmm. You guys started like you. I we, I think the first time I saw you, I'm not sure if Mike did, was probably when Metallica opened up for you. Yeah, yeah. And, that and Lars borrowed Lars Lars borrowed my pedals. There was something. He was uh, just crushing his equipment, you know. So. Oh shit. 
Wow, and yeah, they're in so, the fucking rock and roll hall of fame. Ain't that something? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, things happen for a reason, I guess. Yeah, but the yeah. but the but the after all these years, go back and play like Lamore. I mean, you know, it would be great. You know. Yeah. You know. I mean, and, like the, and the beacon, place, the beacon theater, and stuff like that. You know. Yeah. Because we did the beacon show. theater um, with Twist. I think it was Twisted Sister, wasn't it, Carl? Was yeah. it the beacon theater, or was or was that um, that other place in uh, New York? It was Beacon Theater with Twisted Sister. Was it Beacon Theater? Iron Maiden. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Great show, man. That was great. Excellent stuff. So you guys are still, like, in the New York area, upstate New York. Yeah. Yeah. Carl lives in Pennsylvania, but it's about an hour and a half drive. Yeah, it's, like, just over the border, right? It's not too bad. Cool, cool, yeah. For me, the car knows the way now. I do it a couple times a week. See? By the way, I'm just Sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say on this this haunt gig, we're doing our first. Like, we have we have um, a couple. We did some DVDs last year that we're just finally putting out from last year's shows. But this at the haunt, we're going to shoot our first HD DVD, which is probably more frightening than any Rob Zombie movie. <laughs> 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 but, well, we've done it. What we're doing is uh, if you go to uh, you know, our MySpace page or the rods.com, we're inviting all the fans because people are always coming up and going, oh, man, I remember this gig or this happened or that happened or, you know. So okay. uh, what we're doing is we're inviting, like, giving people a pass. We're going to line up all the fans who want to be part of the DVD so they can come and be interviewed and uh, hopefully to be included in, uh, depending on, depending on, of course, what they say, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> included in the DVD. <laughs> I'm your son from... <laughs> yeah, right, there you go. <laughs> you banged my mom at, the, at that Lamont. <laughs> my grandmother's <laughs> guys were really great back then. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, so, uh, you know, so the fans can actually be part of this. So, you know, hopefully anybody, you know, check, check out the website. If anyone's interested or going to go to that show, you yeah. definitely be a part of it because, uh, you know, we'd love to have that. That sounds great. So the next show is coming up in May, upstate, Ithaca, New York. Then yeah, we got, you got the South Texas. Yeah, then we're going South there Texas with the right? And then yeah. the headbang is in Germany mm-hmm. in July. And, and then we're doing the um, <clears throat> Nick Stock in Vestal, New York, which is, um, I don't remember his last name, Nick, who's the uh, singer does the Alice Cooper tribute. He's been doing this for about 20 years, fairly successfully, and he has puts on this big show. It's basically an enormous biker party weekend. Oh, wow. Perfect. That's like, it's perfect for us because, man, we yeah. are the, you know, we're playing for bikers. That's that's where we started. We were like the the biker house band for for a few years. When yeah, we I'm in the normal, the normal concerts. Cool. Yeah, put that, you got to put that up on the site when you're ready for that. When yeah, is that, when is that the biker fest, uh? Uh, I want to say June 20th, I believe. Oh. And I think Belladonna is on that. I think it's us and Belladonna that night. Oh, cool. Oh, show. Cool. Yeah. That would be great. That's a great show. Yeah. Cool. That Headbangers F uh, open air, you got like a lot of old bands from the, from, uh, you got Tank, Pretty Maids, Razor, Angel mm-hmm. Witch, Hellfire. Right. Wow. We hear that's a very cool um, fans festival that everybody talks about what a great fun place and like the hardcore fans come out and it's just every all the bands say what a cool place it is great mm-hmm. great festival to play so i'm looking forward to it 
And a lot of fans have written in already. We're coming, we're coming. It's, you know, so it's cool. And it was going to be great to meet the fans. That's been one of the mm-hmm. cool things. Like going to Norway last year and meeting fans from Europe that, you know, we never had, we had never met because we basically had been to England and, right. and uh, Scotland. But, you know, we hadn't really been to places like Norway. And it was really cool to talk to some fans and, you know. One yeah, guy shows his wife and brings, like, a pile of rods, like, stuff that we haven't even seen before. It's time for us. You know, it's cool. Wow. Yeah. Very fun. so cool. Isn't it great to just have a, hand, you know, the amount of fans that you have, but just the, the quality, it's not the quantity. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's I mean, really, it really is surprising because n- none of us really realized, you know, anything about how many fans we did have. And I think until... You know, when I did that solo album back in '04, and I was doing like a lot of interviews, you know, over the phone, you know, um, from a lot of different countries and so on and so forth. And every every interview asked about the Rods and Elf, Rods and Elf, you know. Right. And um, that's like, wow, you know. And then we we talked to like this guy that I, I contacted uh, through word of mouth. I you know I got to do the album cover for the Third Wish album. You know, when I finally contacted him, he goes, oh, yeah, I'm a huge Rods fan. You know, I got all the vinyl, blah, 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 and this guy's in Belgium. And so all of a sudden, you know, we're finding out that there's, like, all these fans out there after all these years, you know, that are still interested in the band, which I don't even think at the time the band was together in their heyday did we realize we had so many fans. Wow. You know, we were we were kind of kept in the dark about a lot of stuff um, oh, sure. from our management, you know, and uh, we just we didn't know, you know. Yeah. Our management just sign just sign here, management. Just don't need to <laughs> Big quote comes in one day with a pack, a stack of uh, papers that's like as tall as we are. Goes, you don't need a lawyer. I'm like, I'm hesitating. Like he goes, sign these. I'm like, I don't think we're gonna sign these. It's all right. You don't need a lawyer. That's not me. Mm. <laughs> yeah. That's the famous line to look out for. You don't need a lawyer. Yeah, that's right. You don't need a lawyer. When you hit out, you know you better run out the door. <laughs> well, guys, um, though, it's been it's been great talking to you. I only got a few minutes left in the show, but yeah, uh, we really appreciate you taking the time to you know do this interview well, with us because it's, it's, it really means a lot to us. It means a lot to us, believe me. When uh, you get close you. to releasing uh, the CD, you'll definitely uh, maybe uh, come on again. Yeah, and we'll push, yeah we'll definitely. Push hard. Hard. Yeah, definitely. Without a doubt. And yeah. without a doubt, we're going to look for you on the uh, that weekend, the nineteenth. Yeah. Great. We got Saxon in the middle of the week, and then the 19th, we're going to come up to see you guys. That'd be great. That would be good to me. I'm in for that. Yeah. Maybe yeah. we'll drag Saxon. Hey, sure. Well, <laughs> <laughs> we're going to Texas. We're going there uh, the day early because I can see those guys. I'm looking forward to hanging out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it should be a good time. Yeah. So, all right, guys. Thank you very much. Well, thanks a lot. Paul, thank you very much for calling in. I really appreciate it. It was great hearing from you guys. We're looking forward to the new record. I still call them records. I know the CDs, but they're always eh. records for me. Yeah, I know. We still call them records. <laughs> yeah, we can't wait. We're looking forward to that. We're definitely going to be looking out for you guys in the New York area. And have a great time in Texas and when you head over to Germany. Yeah. And I appreciate you calling in. How about I close things out with a little, uh, I know you like the first record. Have a little power lover. Oh, that sounds great. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you very much. David, Thanks a lot. Called from the Rods. Thank you very much. Here we go. Okay. Power lover. Yeah. Okay, guys. Goodbye-bye.
off. Uh, I want to thank Carl Kennedy, and I didn't expect David Rock to call in. I'm glad he did. It was nice to have two-thirds of the original rods on the show. Cool. Yeah, not bad, right? Yeah, we had a good time. Yeah, a bunch of nice guys, really nice guys. And once again, i got to thank my buddy Tony from Diatonic Public Relations, who sped this along. I was trying to get Carl on since October. And uh, Tony stepped in, and bing, bang, boom. I got him and uh, half the other rock world coming on. Thanks for Tony, so I appreciate it. Tony, that. we hail you, Tony. Yeah, he's a good guy, and he's gotten me a lot of great interviews. And uh, there won't be any show next Sunday because I'm on vacation. Mm-hmm. But uh, the week I get back, uh, May 10th, uh, we have Bernie Torme coming ah, on the show. Cool. Another another great guest that uh, i got to thank Tony for hooking me up with. What are they going to do? They're going to run a show, or what are they going to do next week? You don't know. I'm not gonna, I'm not doing anything. I was going to replay like one of the old ones on Wednesday and uh, mm. and on uh, Sunday, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to bother. I have a show this Wednesday. Uh, it's going to be the in the land of the rise of summer. We're going to do a little Japanese metal on this Wednesday's metal matinee. Ah, cool. But then there won't be nothing in the next two weeks. We'll give people a chance to listen to the 30, 40 other shows that we've got. I think right, I've got more than right, that. Right, right. Okay. Shows so, up right yeah, now. mention on the blog that you can yeah. go to the older shows. Right. I'll put them okay. up there and they can, uh, they can listen to those for the week and we'll have a good time with that. So we've got about 10 minutes left. So I'm going to leave it up to you, T. I got Overkill. Uh, Attila, which was another band called produced back then. Attila, I yeah. get on the single by uh, by Rock's band, Thunder. Well, it was not Thunder, this was a solo stuff, Ships on a Stormy Sea. Flyingstein, I can get on, a solo record from Third Wish. Or yeah, how yeah, about, yeah. I, got, I got Excited, which is another band. Oh, yeah, produced. that's right, Excited. Yeah, you okay, yeah, Excited? let's go with Excited because it's All right, kinda... let's see what I got here. I know he uh, he produced the Violence and Force record. Violence uh, so let me get something on that record. Uh, you got 11 minutes left, so I'll try to get something on a little longer. How about, uh, you know what, I'll get War as Hell. That's a great song. And then why don't you go right into a rock, uh, Dirty Got it. For the replay.
excited air with War as Hell. I love that song. That's such a killer rip with that song. Yeah, good stuff. That kicks ass. That Thrasher in the chat room wanted to hear a tiller, so okay. I'm going to get a tiller on, but the show's going to end after that because we only got about four minutes left in the show. But, right. uh, stay in the air, because I'm going to stay on after the show. Even though people can't hear it live. Right, we'll hear the they, replay. When they hear the replays, they can hear everything. So I'm going to get one or two more songs on so we can bullshit a little bit more. Sounds good. So I want to thank uh, Carl and The Rock for calling in tonight. I really appreciate it. I'm going to thank everybody for listening, especially my co-host and best friend, Tommy, for calling in once again help me out with the show. Okay. I'm going to get a tiller on uh, for Death Thrasher. Then uh, me and you will bullshit a little bit for a few more minutes, and uh, we'll get on some other songs. We'll definitely get on the David Feinstein song. Uh, after this, so let me get on a tiller right now. This is from the, this is really the only record, uh, Rolling Thunder. This is a song called Turn Up the Power.
right, that was a tell would turn up the power. The live show's about then. We're going to hang on a little bit longer, me and Tommy, and uh, get you on know, one or two more songs. So if you replay the shows later, you'll get some other great music we're going to get off here. And don't forget this Wednesday, the metal matinees in the land of the rising sun, Japan's best heavy metal, or at least the best metal I could dig up for the Japanese bands. There weren't that many out there from the 80s. So we got that, and it'll be the last live show till we return on May 10th with our special guest, Bernie Torme. Bernie played in Gillian. He did a stint with Ozzy. His own solo stuff from the Torme era, and his newest band, GMT. So once again, thank you, everybody. I appreciate it. And uh, me and T are going to hang off for a little bit, and uh, we're going to get another song off here. You still there, T? Oh, yeah. All right. Uh, let me see. The show's almost over in a few seconds, so we'll let it end out and uh, before I play the next song. Okay. And uh, maybe I'll get on that uh, that Feinstein song from uh, the 7-inch single. Uh, right. It'll go on into the next... Uh, yeah, we'll get that, and I'll get one or two more on, and... Uh, and we'll see what happens. So we're off the air live right now, but more people are going to download the show and listen to it live. So That's cool. We'll get on another song. I tell you, that, the show we did with David Ellison, that show has been going through the roof. It's, it's like the highest rated one we did. I mean, wow. every day, you like like a week after the show's over, you'll get maybe two or three listens. The show's still picking up 15, 20 a day. Wow. Yeah, it's actually doing phenomenal. So was the Merciful Fate one, the, the Timeline Fate with all the Fates. Yeah, that was a great good one. Yeah. I can't believe it. I couldn't believe it. Good stuff, man. Yeah, usually those shows don't do that well because I guess people don't want to hear like eight or nine songs with one band in a row. Mm. But uh, it's, I guess fate uh, still, you know, draws people in. Cool. Yeah. So that was good. At least I, I, didn't, expect, that. I didn't expect The Rock to call in tonight. I, knew, I thought it was just going to be Carl. Yeah. And, and you know, I was a little disappointed because Carl's, um, well, I think he was on, I thought maybe he was on a cell and he was like really, really low and choppy. Yeah. When we all shut up, and when I shut up, I should say, because <laughs> um, I get excited, you know, and, yeah, and I'm I got, yeah, I'm sorry, you know, because there was a time that I was taking over, and I was like, oh shit, I better keep my mouth shut. And then I mentioned the, the musicianship, and he was going on, which was great because who even knew that? You know what I'm saying? Like no one, I bet you no one has asked them about the actual playing because they're great players. They write cool songs, but they're great players in, you know, the, you know what I'm saying? Oh, definitely. I know, I know. And, and you know, yeah. anyways. But um, I got a little nervous there. But then when he when he talked on his own, everybody else quieted down. Then he came through nice and clear, at least on the phone. I don't know how it sounds like on the, you know, on the replay. I'm going to check, check out the replay. Yeah, you know what it is, too? When the more people you hook up on here, like the more calls you add on to the thing, yeah. it just starts lowering the volume. And right, certain people, right. I mean, maybe it's like the phone they're using or the carrier. I notice that it screws up everything. And a lot but of I people to, use I have to disconnect phone. a lot of the callers like, as they come on yeah. without even putting them through because I can hear it through my headset. Yeah, because they, the the they don't lower their computer. Yeah, huh? The so they get thing, yeah. that little delay, and then yeah. maybe, I bet you, half of them are using cell phones. Yeah, you know, yeah. and not many people do have wide or regular wireless phones, which, believe it or not, that give you sometimes you get, uh, you know, uh, interference from the Wi-Fi if you have Wi-Fi. So, because it's almost the same free, I think they use the same frequencies. So that's what attributes all that electronics, you know. Yeah. Bullshit. You know? Most of the time, it don't sound too bad on the playbacks. I mean, I listen to some of the other, like, you know, uh, um, internet radio stations, and I guess it's great sound quality. Blog Talk Radio doesn't have... Well, best. you know what? For for your purposes, it, it works great. I mean, you know, if we hit one of us hits the lottery, then we'll take it the next step. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> like you said, it's good enough. It's all for fun. We're having a good time. Playing yeah. music we get, you know, we like and don't get to hear. And we get to talk to these great people that call in. But I, you know, what it is I had so many questions that I wanted to ask Carl oh, about I'm all the bands he produced. And I know, but I I wouldn't do it because you know when David called, I wanted to get him in, involved in everything too. Oh, okay. About the rods. Okay, yeah. I don't want to just keep saying call, 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 call. Right. Because you know there were so many things well, I don't even talk David to rock did about. a lot of talking. In yeah. the beginning, so that's why when I did the musicianship, I figured let me go to Carl first because yeah. really he was supposed to be the guest, you know, and we'll let him, you know, to you know give him, you know, whatever he can, and exactly. you know, which was really cool, you know, you got an insight of what his main influences were. Who knew he took, you know, lessons from, you yeah, know, from from Carmine, uh, you knew know, that. um. Yeah. And then, you know, so, and then I asked Rock, and then for him to say Richie Blackwell, that's really weird because, like, he plays, he plays, like, those Gibson-style guitars with the humbuckers, and Blackmore played a Strat, you know, and it's the same thing with people with me, and they used to ask me, like, what, you know, what was your favorite guitarist? I said, well, growing up, it was Richie Blackmore and, and Jimi Hendrix, and they said, well, how come you don't play a Strat? I was like, well, because... Kiss doesn't use strats. You know, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I had I two different influences. You know, for of music, course. it was Kiss, but for guitar, it was Black One Hendrix. Oh, yeah. You know, and that's, again, you know, that's that's how that is. You know, we got to do next time. Yeah. Like, we got we got Bernie Torme coming on when I get back on May 10th. Okay. So I don't really have any time to prepare for the show because I'm getting home, and a couple hours later, I'll do the, show, the show was on. So I'm going to try to set, like, all the music and everything up before I leave this week. Right. So at least, you know, all the music is, like, even this week. I cut like eight or nine songs off the the list so we could talk more, and I still couldn't even get half on. I still need to get two songs on the next week. We'll yeah. just do the two Bernie Tom, a couple of Bernie Tomei songs. I mean, we were solid for an hour. Oh uh, yeah, I know. Without yeah, a doubt. I'm hoping that maybe um, after uh, this, you know, archives and we get the MP3 of it. Yeah. Uh, I'll see if I can compress it and send it to uh, one of them and see if they can put it on because it was really informative. And they could take it and they could chop it up however they like. Like you okay. know, once we first started talking, yeah, you know, and yeah. uh, they can even chop out all the music if they want, you know, whatever they're gonna do. Because yeah. I think they would like that on, uh, you know, one of their be the MySpaces or, uh, you know, or their yeah, actual know. official yeah, the website. You know, what we gotta do next when I when I get back that week. Uh, when you get I, back, yeah, you'll know how many people listen and how many people yeah. you know. Check I gotta it send out. you. I gotta send you a list of all the things we'll talk about and the questions. That way we take one each. That way we don't keep going back and forth. So we right. Because you know, right. I'm, I'll say something. You're probably about to say the same thing before me. Then you're left with what am I gonna say now? And right. I do the same thing. I'm about to ask a question. Oh, you just asked the same thing. Now you're scrambling for something else. Okay, cool. So, so plan the whole thing out. That way we we we'll, you know we both go back and forth to take a turn and. That's cool. And we have a question. Because I'll definitely have questions. some. I'll definitely have some music, you know, musicianship questions for Bernie. Oh, you know, being a guitar player, like, hell yeah. Yeah, because like he was like on the from the Gillen stuff, man. I was like yeah. blown away with that, you know. Well, the new stuff is good. I got to send you uh, some of the songs from the GMT stuff. It's, it's it's got a very punk feel to it. Yeah. It's very like you know old rock and metal and punk mixed together. D. Schneider sings on uh, Punk or Rocko, one of his songs, really good song. Oh, cool. Yeah, he sings on that, but Bernie played in Desperado with uh, with D. Schneider too. Right, right. I have that yeah. album. So yeah. I got some, I got some of that stuff on. And I gotta dig that up. That's yeah, what I was doing. After all... that, we got uh, Sammy Abigail, who just we were talking about before, who sang with the Rods and the Picture. Mm-hmm. He's coming on, and I know uh, Tony's working on some uh, new artists to bring it to his company. So he says once he gets that all lined out, oh, I'll let me know who they are, and uh, Tony will come on too. Yeah, we'll have them on. Yeah. 
Cool. He's a guitar player himself. I gotta send you some of the stuff. Uh, you got if, if you go to my friends, my top friends list on MySpace. Right. He's in there. Check out his site. He also he also hosts a show. Okay. Uh, an internet radio show. Uh, it's on a British uh, internet site. Really good show. I mean, this guy mixes up some great stuff. He, he you know he's very knowledgeable about everything. Yeah, especially the music thing. He's been to, he plays in he plays in a band. He plays guitar. Yeah. Uh, Carl Canny actually plays in his band. Drums in his band also. Wow. Yeah. So and and you can you know listen to some of the different music and he's got some country stuff up on there and the country western stuff that he's involved with and, and rock and metal and really good stuff. He's a really nice guy. He's helped me out a lot by getting me these bands and. The other day I spoke with uh, Matt McCourt, who was on the show last year from the Wild Dogs. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's uh, doing his uh, Dr. Mastermind album again with all that. It's like a whole big show and everything. So he's going to come back on in August to talk about that. Oh, okay. We, de- we definitely need the two hours for him. With him, without a doubt. <laughs> definitely. He's just showing himself that guy. <laughs> so yeah. We'll have him on. And we got uh, um, uh, Bobby from Overlords coming on in a couple of weeks. Okay. Uh, I'm in the process of getting Graham Bonnet on the show. We'll have Graham wow. Bonnet on the show, too. That would be excellent. So I'm trying to squeeze him in in the June if I can. But... Looks like it might be August. So, and then I got a couple of local bands coming up. Some good ones. Symptom Seven, who is from New York. I played them a few weeks ago. Uh huh. They're good. They'll be on the show. Uh, the band Sanctuary will be on the show. Uh, I'm trying to give a couple of local bands over the oh, summer. The Sanctuary with the K or something. With the K, played right. them about a week or two ago. Right. I think Lester okay. played them. As a matter of fact, I don't yeah, really remember. Yeah. They'll be here, and uh, who else? And I got Taz Taylor coming on in uh, in July. Uh, Graham Bonner sang with Taz Taylor and his band, and uh, his first band, his first solo record. Uh, he's an amazing guitar player, so uh, i got to send you a copy of that CD. Okay, cool. That's some really good stuff over there. He's played with a lot of a lot of big people. So we're looking forward to that. So let me see. What do we want to do now? We'll get that uh, Feinstein song on? Yeah, let's get that on. I'll get, the, I'll get Ship on a Stormy Seed, then maybe we'll get one more song, and then we'll wrap it up. It's two hours. is a long time. Okie doke. All right, how about that? We'll do a... Uh, this is off the seven inch single. It's not the greatest quality. <laughs>
know you're back in the 70s with that one, right? Yeah, that nice vibe to it. Yeah, that was Carl Rock and uh, Joey DeMeo on bass. Wow. Yeah. Great stuff, man. Yeah, yeah. And what was yeah. that now? That, was, that wasn't his solo stuff. I thought that, I don't know why I had, uh, he had a band called, I thought it was, I said Avenger earlier on the show, because I don't know why I had that in my head. And Tony correct you. Tony right? said it was Thunder, and then I remember seeing that on, on one of the websites somewhere a while ago. It was, uh, it was uh, David Feinstein's Thunder or something, the band was called. Oh, And wow. uh, it was, I don't know who was in the band besides him. But then after that, uh, a couple of years, I guess, went by, and he just put out this one single with that song and another song on it, and it had Carl on drums, and he said that was the first time they met and played together. And uh, Joey DeMeo was on bass right. at the time. So, and after that, I know right after that, Carl and uh, Joey did Manowar. Oh, okay. And nobody realizes that. You know, he was one of the original members of Manowar. He was a drummer. And I have, I actually have the original demo tape, the actual cassette of it. Wow. And But they spell his name Carl Kennedy, like K-A, you know, uh, with the yeah, K with, Carl Carl with the K. K. And then and Kennedy. Kennedy with the K at the end. Right. That's probably, like, the maybe that was his original... Name. Yeah, who yeah, who knows? And then he, he did that, and he just confirmed it today. But I was more concerned about the Lone Ranger. I don't know if you remember that single from Megaforce. No, you know I wasn't. It was like eighty four, eighty five. It was just it was just that one song. It was called the Metal Rap. It was a heavy metal rap song. Oh my! And God. it had a uh, call was on it. Um, back then they didn't know. Maybe you remember the album cover? It was a guy sitting on a desk holding. I forgot he was holding his hand. It had like a KKK hood on. Really. Yeah, yeah. Like, don't How do you it. spell that, Rager? Rager, R A G E R. The lone, I said, the lone ranger. The lone rager, like he's raging, rage. Oh, okay. And uh, it had a guy sitting on a, on a desk. I forgot what he was holding in his hand, you know. And they had like a KKK hood on with a chain. I think it was a ball and chain or something. And uh-huh. it was just that one rap song. And uh, Carl played on it. And, okay, um, I'm looking at it. I'm looking at it now. I'm looking at it on, on the. Yeah, and I and there was always like the, nobody knew. JKK K- K- hood, yeah. Yeah, nobody knew who was Carl that was uh, you know Carl that was wearing the hood. Yeah. Or if it was Johnny Z, but he nah, wouldn't say. But Z. I. Yeah. It was Johnny Z because Tony told me it was him, but. Okay. I just wanted to bring that because I think he wouldn't even remember that himself. I don't. I didn't think you know. Yeah. And it was like a really wacky rap song they did, and the other song on uh, the other side was just the music without the lyrics and. uh which is ain't from Blue Chit. Duck, he played on there. There was a lot of people that played on it. It was around the same right, time right. they did the thrash and stuff, you know? Right. And I was going to play that before he came on. But I said, I'll save it for the end of the show. And then, you know, you start bullshitting, you forget all about it. But I'm going to play that before we close. Maybe I'll play it now before we close things out. Yeah, that would be fine. Yeah, it's fine. So I'm going to make this the last song, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn it off then. Okay, sounds good, man. All right, buddy. I'll talk to you later. All right. I'll give you a call after the show's over, right? All right. All right, listen to this one. This is, uh, I know what, I can't get it on. Here we go. This is The Lone Rager. It was a rap song by, uh, Call Kennedy and uh, Johnny Z of Megaforce back then.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.